As physicians and healthcare leaders continue to innovate, especially during this pandemic, the needs and use cases for artificial intelligence is becoming more and more prevalent. AI has the potential to transform the industry in so many powerful ways. It can be utilized to lessen the burden on physicians, improve quality care for patients, and decrease costs for the entire system. In order to address this important topic, we are joined by Dr. Yuli Chetapali in today's episode. Dr. Chetapali is an emergency physician, innovator, and the author of Punish the Machine, The Promise of Artificial Intelligence in Healthcare, where he shares his invaluable perspective on the ways that cutting-edge technology is revolutionizing healthcare research, treatments, and how it'll affect the industry in the future. Join us as we learn from Dr. Chetapali how AI can be used to revolutionize the industry and aid all of us during these unprecedented times with COVID-19 and beyond. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Chetapali. Thank you for spending some time with our community today on our podcast. Thank you, Mike, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Uli, I'm grateful to have you today on the podcast. Given your work and mission to help empower physicians to create and leverage innovation, especially during the COVID-19 outbreak. As well, we're going to talk a little bit about your work within artificial intelligence, your book that you published last year, and how we should be considering innovation, artificial intelligence during a crisis just like this pandemic. But before we dive into all of that, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Uli, we have a lot to cover, as I mentioned, but first I want to really help set the stage for our community, some of the incredible work happening over at Innovator MD in regards to you helping empower physician-led innovation, as well as what's happening within the American Board of Artificial Intelligence and Medicine, and taking all of that work and that expertise that you are involved in and applying it to the crisis that we're in the midst of right now. But let's start on the top there. Give us a little bit of that overview of your work and what's happening at Innovator MD, and we'll take it from there. Sure, Mike. Thank you for the opportunity. So when I first started in emergency medicine, right after my residency training, I asked my mentor, you know, what would be a good company to join to be able to look at the future and tell me which company would do well? So he suggested that I should join Kaiser Permanente. So that's a good thing I did, and most of my career was there. And as you know, Kaiser Permanente is an integrated system. And one of the things that works great over there is they look at outcomes. And as I got into research with my population health background and epidemiology background, I got into research and that's where I found that. Number one, you know, the frontline physicians have understand the system, understand what's going on. And they have some of the brilliant 
ideas that if implemented will have a big change in the system. And the second thing I found out was that, you know, technology, we can build it and support the physicians. And that's where the biggest bang for the buck will be, which is if you can, number one, bring physicians out with their ideas. Number two, if you can build technology to support those ideas. And that's what most of my work has been. And since I finished my tenure at Kaiser Permanente last year, I was also a part of Society of Physician Entrepreneurs for the last six, seven years, where I started the chapter in San Francisco Bay Area for Society of Physician Entrepreneurs. And that has been very educational for me because I see all these physicians having these very interesting ideas. Because, you know, like you said, they are the frontline physicians, frontline people that are tackling these problems every day. And they can come up with solutions that some of us have never thought about. And so I really got interested in that area. And so right after I finished my tenure last year with Kaiser, I started my own company, Innovator MD, to do exactly that, to be able to support physicians, to elevate their voice, to be able to create a platform where they can spread you know, the great things that they're doing and be able to support them either through education, networking, providing resources, whether it's investment or otherwise, be able to elevate that voice. And so that's our main work. So we do meetings, we do conferences, we do courses for physicians who are innovators. That has been very interesting for me and very rewarding to see how physicians can change the innovation scene. And given the current state of COVID-19 and where we are with burnout, where we are with the entire system and industry just being completely maxed out and being in very difficult at times to deliver care to the most important person in all of this, the patient, how have you seen your work change or augment because of COVID-19 with these physicians? Are there new innovations that we're now thinking about, new processes that we should consider? Because as you know, as well as I do, this pandemic has really laid bare some of the deficiencies of our industry and our system and where we really need to focus not only now, but into the future. But with your work, you know, pre and then now into COVID-19, have you seen any shifts in paradigms or shifts in trends and what we should be thinking about of what innovation even means? Yes. So what COVID-19 has done is it exposed the weaknesses of our system. It exposed where our system is vulnerable. For example, you know, if you look at some of the finances and some of the way resources are spread, we can see that where the strains are going to happen, where it is going to severely affect care delivery. For example, the insurance side of things are doing well because, you know, they have reduced services. But care delivery side, which is hospitals and clinics, are hurting. We know that most hospitals rely on care that they provide, like they say, heads in beds. So if they don't have patients coming to the hospital, they don't get revenue. And that's a pretty serious problem because right now with COVID, you know, we don't see as many patients in the hospitals. Now, as far as clinics are concerned, especially the primary care clinics where they make money, when they see patients, those are being hurt. 
because patients are not going to the clinics. And so if patients are not going and then physicians are not getting paid. And so the primary care, especially, and even specialty care, of course, uh, they are being hit because of COVID-19. Of course, it opened up several other opportunities, you know, like telemedicine and other things that are happening. But we can see, you know, where the vulnerabilities are in the system, especially the fee-for-service-based system where, you know, patients have to come to get services when they're sick. And that's where we feel that there's a big opportunity for innovation. Well, and another big area that, you know, you're an expert at, you've written a book published last year called Punish the Machine, which can be found on Amazon, is this notion of artificial intelligence. And I think it's still a little bit of a new term to industry executives and leaders within healthcare, right? As I jokingly say, we're always the last to the table in healthcare in regards to innovation. And it seems like AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of that type of innovation is coming to healthcare. It's here, but it is starting to grow and being adopted rapidly. You can see even some of the reports in regards to CIOs and CTOs and where they're going to make their investments over the next three to five years. So that the trend lines are absolutely clear. A big, big portion is going to be in AI. And with your book from last year, Punish a Machine, and then also some of your other work and the passion you have around AI, how has AI moved the industry forward? Has it been helping with uh, COVID-19, with the pandemic that we're currently in? Can you share a little bit more around this notion of cutting-edge artificial intelligence? Yes. During my tenure at Kaiser, one of the things that I did was I built a technology platform where you will be able to do research, which is you know pulling data from the EHR, analyzing it, and being able to provide clinical decision support to the physicians. And this we were able to do over a 21 hospital network, which means that about a million patients go through the system and we were able to extract the data and provide that support to the physicians at the point of care. What I learned from that is that with those studies and with that research, we found that you can actually decrease the length of stay for patients in the emergency department. You can decrease the amount of work that goes into working up a patient, if you know exactly their risk scores and if you know what their risks are of having bad outcomes. And you can actually decrease the admission rates and you can decrease the observation hours. You can decrease after visit testing. And a lot of that utilization comes from a physician's understanding of the risk for that particular patient. Now, imagine when we add a technology to that, For example, a physician is seeing one patient at a time, right? What if you could get a 100,000 patient view, get all that information and distill it and give it to the physician about that particular patient? That becomes very powerful. You know, then you're able to predict what is going to happen to this particular patient. And that's when I felt, wow, you know, this technology is so powerful that we need to explore. We need to really put more effort into this because that will relieve a lot of stress on physicians on the front lines. If you know that this patient is going to be okay, then you don't worry about that patient. The stress of seeing patients in the emergency is pretty high, as you can imagine, because you don't know what's going to happen to the patient. And so there tends to be this 
tendency to overdo things, you know, over order test, over admit, become anxious about patients. But if you can get a good picture of that patient through the technology, through the machine learning, through the artificial intelligence, it makes life much easier for the physician. And that's when I put all those thoughts into this book called Punish the Machine, The Promise of Artificial Intelligence in Healthcare. And so where this technology will help is that decrease the cognitive burden on the physician, decrease the risk of something bad happening to the patient, because that is the anxiety that physicians have, decrease the amount of work that physicians have to do and let the machines do the work. That's the premise behind that title, punish the machine rather than the physician or the other caregivers. So yeah, I see a lot of promise with the technology. Now, all of that sounds great, and I agree with all of it, uh, Uli, but where do we apply that with the current crisis in front of us, right? I think you would probably agree with what I'm about to say. We're still early in this game with COVID-19, whether we like it or not. Where can we apply these ideas? Where can we apply this tactically in the face of this crisis right now? Great. So the first step would be, you know, when a patient access the system, I have a little cough or I have a little fever. What do you think this is? Is this COVID-19? And so, you know, there are technologies, there are companies, what they did is they're accessing all this data from the patient, the patient enters the data, and then the technology, the machine learning itself can run the algorithm and say, you know, what are the chances of you having COVID-19 or these symptoms uh, leading up to COVID-19? So that's a very simple an easy way to screen patients and also triage patients when they first enter the system or when they first access the system. So that's a very simple and good example of where you can decrease the amount of human intervention so that you can direct patients to the right place, you know, whether it's a testing center, whether it's an urgent care, or whether it is just staying home and watching for, you know, to see if the symptoms get worse. So there are several things that can be done automatically using machine learning and artificial intelligence. So that's the first step. The second step is when the patient is in the care setting, you know, whether it's a clinic or emergency or even in the hospital, you know, now there is technology enough to detect changes in a patient's x-ray or patient's CT scan of their chest to look at the findings in the lungs and see if that is you know, is this a typical pneumonia or is this something else? Or does it show that it is more of a COVID type of disease that you see in the lungs? And so that's another way technology can help in the diagnosis of the disease. So the first one is actually triaging, which is, you know, predicting what those symptoms mean. The second piece is where you're actually diagnosing. And a third piece where I think it can be very useful is in the treatment algorithms, you know, where you're actually looking for the best options to treat patients. Let's say if you have 10,000 patients that have already gone through your system, and if you can figure out what's the best treatment journey for this particular patient, and those kinds of algorithms are also very useful if applied and if you have enough data to be able to do that. And we have done that in other use cases, but this one will be even more useful because it's a very new disease and we are still trying to figure it out. 
We certainly are. And thank you for sharing those three areas to think about on how we do apply machine learning and AI to this crisis. So thank you for that. Let's also now turn gears a bit with your work at Innovator MD and more broadly beyond just artificial intelligence. You are at the table with these innovators, both physician-led innovators and just startup innovators more broadly. What are one to three tips that you have for our physicians, for our care providers, and just for anybody that feels they have a solution to a problem to the marketplace within healthcare? What are some of those tips? What are some of those three considerations that you share with the leaders and the innovators that you work with? Yes. So physicians is a very interesting group because, you know, they are facing this every day. You know, they are seeing the problems every day. But then they are so busy with their work, with their practice, you know, seeing patients that they don't have time to actually go solve the problem. You know, it's like you are rowing this boat, but there's a hole in the bottom and you don't have time to fix that hole, but because you have to keep rowing. And that's where sometimes the burnout comes up. So taking the time to actually fix that hole where you think you know the solution and, and of course, we have to give credit to physicians because obviously they have understood this problem. But the problem for, with physicians is that they're so busy that they cannot take the time to actually come up with a solution. So the first tip I would say is that if you have an idea that, uh, for a solution, the chances are that's probably a good solution. And most physicians think, oh, maybe my solution may not be worth it, you know, may not be worth pursuing. So the first thing I would tell them is that it is worth pursuing, whether it is talking with other people, talking with people who have experience in creating solutions, or just networking, you know, talking with others who are in a similar place or who have gone through the journey. So it's a great idea to actually talk with other people. So that's number one. Number two, when you have a solution and when you know that you can pursue this further, always get help as soon as possible. Some of our physicians have seen that they have this idea, they keep running through it all by themselves, all alone. And so some of the, sometimes I see that physicians, they spend a lot of money, time, and effort, you know, sometimes going in the wrong pathway. Although the solution is correct, the way they come up with a product or a service based on their solution, it takes a long way to reach the destination. And that's another reason why you need to have partners working with you so that, you know, people with experience can get to the end much faster, quicker, and in an easier way. So that's number two. Number three, physicians think that, you know, they cannot do something. Sometimes, you know, they have this idea, but they, oh, I don't have the time to do this. I can't do this. So stepping back from whatever they are doing, stepping back, taking a break, cutting down a little bit of time that they spend in their daily work to think about the solution, I think that's a great idea. And the reason for that is that if you're seeing this problem happen every day and you already have a solution in your mind and you're not applying that, imagine how many other physicians are having the same problem every day. And so they keep going and doing the same thing because they don't have the time to work on the solution. So you would be doing a great favor to your colleagues and to your specialty community if you actually come up with a solution. So 
I would encourage people to join organizations. Society of Physician Entrepreneurs is a great organization. Or where you're commercially getting ahead, then definitely Innovator MD is a great place, you know, to come and network and find uh, partners to come up with a solution. Well, thank you for sharing that. All very helpful and insightful as well. You'll appreciate that. Let's now all tie it together, given that we're really focusing on COVID-19 with this episode. I'm fortunate, like yourself, to be able to spend time with these innovators and to mentor and advise and to work alongside these incredible minds and these leaders that are really pushing the industry forward. But what I've also noticed during this time of this crisis, it seems to be some great opportunity as well, meaning startups that were already going, startups that were already in the market, that were already operational pre-COVID have either taken some or all of their business model and focused it on the crisis. Have you seen that as well? If so, where have you seen that be successful? Where are you seeing some of those pivots for some of the innovators that you're working with? A lot of the startups that look at this crisis and say, oh, can we solve some of the problems with the example of looking at CT scans and coming up with a diagnosis? So straightforward. The solution is just staring at your face right there. But some of the interesting things that I've seen is that, for example, cool the body. I saw one, one startup that I'm familiar with you know, where they use powdered frozen saline to cool the body. And they just pivoted because, you know, we know that sometimes fever is a big issue. We know that sometimes the fluids get stuck in the lungs and ARDS and all that. And so they came up with a solution that is very interesting, where you can inhale this powder and then it goes and cools the whole body, but also helps with, you know, bringing out the secretions. There was one company that I was watching and they had the solution where you pull the secretions out of endotracheal tube. When you put a tube in, the saliva goes down into the throat and sometimes it goes into the lungs and causes pneumonia. And what these guys came up with is that the suction, you can also work for the air that comes out of a patient's lungs. So if you can imagine in a COVID patient, if you have to intubate, the physician is inhaling what the patient is exhaling. And so they came up with a solution where you connect it to the suction and you're actually sucking all the exhaled air that the patient is releasing so that you decrease the risk of COVID to the physician or to the person who is going to intubate. So I thought that was a brilliant way of pivoting or modifying their solution to solve this problem of decreasing the risk of COVID to the physician. Many examples like these that we have seen over our time during these months of COVID, it's amazing how many great ideas physicians come up with. It really is. And it's so inspiring to see in the pace and the trajectory of some of these innovations and how they are making such a positive impact on so many people around the world. It is truly, truly inspiring. And I'm sure uh, just like yourself, I am incredibly humbled to work alongside some of these brilliant and tenacious minds to help battle this crisis. So with that, Uli, let's start winding it down. Where can our community find you? This is very important work that you are heading up at Innovator MD and with the Society of Physician Entrepreneurs out in the Bay Area. Where can we find you? How can they learn more? How can they get involved? Sure. So the best place, obviously, is LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn, Uli K. Cheripali. You can search me, Uli, U-L-I. Chetipali, C-H-E-T-T-I-P-A-L-L-Y. You can also find me on our website 
you can connect through innovatormd.com. That's our website and that's where we do most of our events. And I want you to participate. You know, there are a lot of free events, especially the monthly meetup. It's online and it's easy. The other place would be, you know, obviously you can, via my email, you know, it's on my LinkedIn profile. So it's easy, yuli.cherepali at gmail.com. I would love to be able to help you or if I can, I can show you the path uh, or point you to the person who can help you. Excellent. Yuli, thank you for all of that. And we will also include those touch points in the episode notes. If you're listening in your favorite podcast player, simply scroll down to find those links as well. They'll also be found over at our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. So Yuli, thanks again for sharing that. And again, thank you for spending time with us today, for sharing this very important and incredibly needed perspective, especially in the midst of this crisis that is COVID-19. I appreciate all of your work and all the things that you're doing to continue to help empower innovation and move our industry forward. So thank you again for taking time to be with our community today. Thank you, Mike, for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.